Welcome back to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. I am Inquisitor Caveat Ventus, Keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and this is my report on the Valentine Heresy, an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40,000's Dark Heresy RPG. This report features Game Master Tom McGee, Ryan LaPlante as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Laura Elizabeth as Lyric, and Tyler Hewitt as Alto. But what exactly exactly is the Genesis adaptation of Dark Heresy, and how does it function? Find out now in an out-of-game mini-episode of the Valentine Heresy, or if you're already familiar with the Genesis system, skip to the next section of my report, Episode 2 of the Valentine Heresy. So, the system we are playing is called Genesis. A couple of our players here are familiar with it from our Star Wars show, Dumb Scum and Villainy. But the Genesis system is basically a system agnostic rule set created by Fantasy Flight Games involving a bunch of real fucked up dice that exist nowhere else in space or time. A lot of us here on the show have wanted to play Dark Heresy for a long time. A couple of us are Warhammer nerds from back in the day. And say, I've been a lot of us forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I played a, a ton of Warhammer growing up and I've always loved the lore of 40K. So the idea of playing Dark Heresy really appealed to Ryan and I, and we, we talked Tyler and Laura into it. But we also looked at the rules and realized that as fun as they can be for those really like gritty, crunchy sessions where everyone gets to like really kind of live in it, it is fucking death for the audio medium and as a show. So what we decided to do was kind of run down the middle and use this fantastic conversion for Genesis, since Genesis was built to kind of uh, accommodate almost any system. So for those of you who have played Dark Heresy, that's why everything sounds so different and weird. For those of you who haven't, this is not the game you will find if you manage to find an old Dark Heresy book. This is instead a conversion uh, that you can get at community.fantasyflightgames.com. There's no accreditation. Um, oh, uh, Tom Cruise. Apparently film actor Tom Cruise <laughs> made this. Yeah, I saw that. But if you Google Dark Heresy 3rd Edition, it is just a, an absolutely spectacular book. So thank you, Tom Cruise. I don't agree with your religious cult beliefs, but I do like you in Mission Impossible, and I do like your Dark Heresy rules. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Tom Cruise. Where is Shelley Miscavige? All right, let's just <laughs> yeah, onward we go. <laughs> the biggest Dark Heresy. Um, so the way this system works is it's a narrative dice-based system. So rather than trying to beat a score with D6s or D10s or D20s, we have these incredibly fucked up dice that have a variety of symbols on them. Now, I could describe these symbols to you, but you'd be as confused as all of the players I've ever run this for have been. So I would recommend going to your local library, the internet, and taking a look if you're curious. But in a nutshell, the way checks work in this game is you have stats just like you would in any other game. You have skills like you would in any other game. And those help you create a dice pool. And essentially what we're trying to determine is what are the circumstances going on around every check? So... Rather than me just coming up with an arbitrary number and making you try and beat it, we'll be creating a dice pool that will, in a sense, create a randomized version of a story event that we've all described together and kind of agreed on, and then will tell us kind of what happens to your character as you roll. The way this works is there are positive and negative dice for skill checks. You've got your kind of basic dice, which are either green or purple, green being good, purple being uh, in opposition. If you're really skilled, you can upgrade those greens, which are D8s, to a D12, which is yellow. 
which has chances for triumphs and more successes. Basically, you can get triumphs, you can get successes, and you can get advantage. Advantage, unlike, say, D&D, isn't about re-rolling dice so much as the circumstances around what you're trying to do. If I'm trying to shoot an orc, for instance, and he yells wah and is rushing me, I might not roll any successes so I don't get to hit him, but I rolled a couple advantages so I get to knock that chopper out of his hand. So it's just basically a way for us to modulate every circumstance and encounter we're in beyond just a, a binary win or lose. There are boost dice, which are blue or black respectively, that can add more advantage, uh, and that's for things like environmental conditions, all that sort of stuff. The good news, players, is you don't need to know shit about this because I will tell you each and every time what your pool looks like, and then I will often offer what I view the outcome to, to look at, but there are also, if you want to say like, hey, like I actually really don't care about like getting to cover, I would much rather spend my advantage to help the next person hit harder, mm-hmm. we can absolutely talk okay. about that. But again, it's it's a very complicated system until you roll it a few times, and then it gets a lot easier. If at home you're sitting there going, what the fuck is Tom talking about? This dice make no sense. You are correct, mm-hmm. but uh, I would encourage you to uh, to check it out online if you're looking, because it's, uh, it's fun. If you're watching us on air, we've got our yellow guys, our green guys, and so on. You'll see us roll them throughout. Um, yeah, the colors will start to make sense. As we keep going. Absolutely. It's one of those systems mm-hmm. that we all got used to pretty quick, but yeah, you just got to listen for a minute. Absolutely. The way Genesis works on range is there are essentially range bands that will determine how difficult or easy it is to hit something at distance. Uh, obviously, it doesn't matter for melee, but rather than being like, I'm 30 feet, I move to 10 feet, which gives me short range. No, no. Five bands, up close, mid-distance, regular distance, Far-ish. I imagine if Hella we were far. to like move rather than worrying about moving 30 feet, we'd just move one band or there's things probably. Dude, I, I believe you can move fast. two bands kind of as a standard. I'm also not going to worry too much about movement. Like again, uh, as, right. as if you've listened or, or played any of our other games, because we're doing this all in the theater of the mind, I don't think it behooves us to take too careful an eye on like where things are. Instead, I think uh, more so for ranged combat. And if you're in like, you know, a classic Metal Gear sniper fight where it's like they're at the end of a really long hallway, they have a sniper rifle and you're running, then we'll track the range bands. But if it's like we're in Sector 7 from Final Fantasy 7 with fucking weird mutants attacking us, all right, just say I move over to the rubble and I'm going to be like, cool. Rubble. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Oh, there's one other thing we need to handle. Story points. Story points. Um, So the way Genesis works is there's a mechanic called story points that basically are ways for us to rig the dice in either our favor or against each other or ourselves. So basically at the start of every game, I'm going to roll a dice for each of us and find out how many story points we have. So uh, I've rolled the dice. So you have five that you can spend. I have one. So what that means is I can upgrade... One thing, you can upgrade five, but these are points that we spend back and forth. So for okay. every one you spend, I gain one and vice versa. Also, please, please, please fucking use these things. Um, yeah. it's, it's explicitly stated in the rules, but uh, I would also like to explicitly state that the point of these is to get used and to to rig rig dice rolls and to really kind of use them to, to keep the game interesting and fun. And there's not meant to be any hoarding. I'm like notoriously bad at using them because in the Star Wars game, they're like destiny points. And I'm like... I don't know if delivering this letter is really destiny worthy. And then so I'm just sitting on a bunch of dark side points and I'm like, yeah. guess I'm a Sith Lord now. So um, yeah, feel free to use these as you see fit. What do they do? 
Oh, so uh, yeah, that's a good question, Laura. Um, <laughs> they upgrade your green dice to yellow dice, which is oh, very okay. handy when you have no ranks. <laughs> yes. Um, Tom, <laughs> can we spend more than one on one thing? Or so is it just one? we've actually never confirmed this. I'm going to go ahead and say yes. But what I would like to suggest is the way the, the homebrew we've been using with Star Wars is you can't add additional like basically it's like so let's say you've got your three green i believe from from your agility yeah so you could upgrade all three of those motherfuckers to yellow okay but if you had three yellow you can't upgrade them any further um there's some liquid ways we can play it but basically since the spirit of the rule is they make your role better we can play with kind of how to use them so i'll often suggest ways you can do that but keep in mind it can also be downgrading so for example if one of these leech people coming over the hill was like Doomsday from Superman was just like super jacked, you could be like, all right, I want to take – and it, let's say it had a red coming up on you. You could be like, I want to downgrade that red to a purple, so I'll spend a destiny mm, point. Okay. So you can play with my dice pool. I can play with your dice pool. Um, cool. And if you're already tapped out on dice, then the way we've been playing it on Star Wars is you can use it to add boost dice. So like if you're already okay. kind of doing the best you could possibly be doing – you can spend them for slightly minimal, like not as high level success, but enough that you're just kind of greasing the wheels. Yep. And Tom, I know we've allowed this before, but we've also talked about house ruling it out. There is the possibility theoretically of counter spending where Tom could spend something to downgrade a die and we could spend a point to make it neutral. So do we want to allow that or should we just shut that down? We're just like lock it in for Um, sure. What I I would say is Magic the Gathering style will use stacks. So basically, I may may have fucked up this analogy already, but basically what I'd like to say is I don't want playground rules of like, well, I spend one to counter your spend one. Well, I spend two to like, no, no, no. Like if I spend to upgrade, it's upgraded, but you can then counter spend to upgrade yours. But basically, what I don't want is a situation where theoretically we're counter spending on each other. It's instead, basically you can spend to match but not to downgrade. Remove. So if I just not already to, like, have undo. a red, you can, un- you can undo one of my red. I could then spend to upgrade, but it's not like I spend upgrade. Okay, well, I spend to downgrade. Well, then yeah, I have yeah, the point yeah. back, so I'll just spend because that creates a boring cycle. So basically, <laughs> like, what I want is an arms race. So if you want, like, if we just want to go on a spending spree, but also <clears throat> that's a finite pool for every time we go. So if you spend three, I'm not suddenly like, well, you just gave me three, so I'm going to spend all three, motherfucker. It's like... For whatever dice pool is being used, it can only be affected once. Cool. So I have damage and crit. What does that? What do those mean? Right. Those so mean? Um, sorry. If you, no, no, no. It's all good. Um, so the goal with any of these, and basically the um, the difficulty check, is to get more successes than failures, which I know sounds very rudimentary, mm-hmm. but and it's a game of canceling each other out. So the failures are the big angry X's, the successes are the happy suns. So if you roll, let's say, two X's and three happy suns, you're up by one. The other ones cancel each other out, so that would mean you have one yeah. success. If you're rolling a combat roll, every success you get over and above the failures that get canceled out is one point of damage. Plus, weapons will often have an additional thing. So let's say you got two failures, three successes. That means you're up by one, so you're causing one damage. But your gun also adds two, so it would be three. Oh, that's fun. And for crit... That's you spending advantage to um, – so whatever the uh, number for critical is, that's mm-hmm. the number of advantage you need to roll and then spend in order to activate a critical hit. Gotcha. Where you roll on a fun chart and uh, do bad things. Cool. The Thank one you. other thing uh, – so triumphs are the happy sun in a circle. They count as a success but then also trigger an additional effect. 
but so does despair, which is the, I don't even remember what despair looks like. Uh, it's uh, an X in a target circle. They're the bad version. Yeah. The triumphs. <laughs> yeah, the angry triumphs. I like that a lot. Cool beans. I think you're you're good to go. Um, the only other thing you, right. you might need to know, Laura, that's I think different from the other systems we've played is there are two extra values in the system called soak and threshold. So basically yeah. in order to, to deal damage, you have to get up and over the soak value, which is how cool. tough someone is and how much hurt they can take before they actually get hurt. Super. The important thing is all the mutant fighting, ass kicking, get to the chopper action involves the dice, but isn't just dice. We'll still be talking our way through it. So that's the game we're playing. If you're interested in any of this at all, check out the systems. Genesis is about to go out of print if it's not already. So like if you really like this, like buy it now or get a digital copy, which I'm sure will be floating around forever. But none of that matters to Lyric, Alto, and Valentine, who find themselves in a rapidly imploding hive city, being swarmed by mutants as the pieces of Gilead's fist, the ship of the Gothic fleet that has uh, been torn apart by warp energies and is now crashing to the city, continues to rain down from the sky. This episode of the Valentine Heresy features Ryan LaPlante, at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine. Tyler Hewitt, at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter as Alto. Laura Hamstra, at EL Hamstring on Twitter as Lyric. And our Game Master, Tom McGee, at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and the Valentine Heresy's artwork was created by Del Borovic at delborovic.com. D-E-L-B-O-R-O-V-I-C. Our theme song is The Hordes by Megan McDuffie, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Ave Imperator, a death to all the heretics. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, DM Rob, Christopher Little, Olin Anderson, Sue One, Devin Boyce, George Dolby, One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield, Anthony Griffin, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash Dum Dum Dice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.